So we're back with another special episode for Black Friday and holiday of Mastermind for you guys. Our guest this week is the amazing, incomparable Morella Crespi. She is the founder and CEO of Creative Milkshake, an amazing creative agency and studio. Obviously, what we get into is talking about creative. Some of the big topics we talk about are how you should be thinking about what creative you are actually investing in, how you should be doing that in an efficient manner, whether you should be creating new ads to test or creating actually your greatest hits and much more. This is a killer one, whether you are thinking about Black Friday and beyond about how you should be looking at creative and your data, etc. So I think you should spend some time with Morella. Let's dig in. I wanna give you something right before the fun of the rest of the show. So Black Friday's coming up. You're trying to scale your business and do it efficiently. You need to test more ads. Pencil does that. So take 15% off all paid plans with code AC15, AC for ad creative, AC15, and use that as your checkout and you'll be able to get 15% off all paid plans. Now, onto the show. <laughs> all right, we are we are back for another episode of Mastermind. Um, we're here to help people through Black Friday with a few tips and tricks. Um, and we're joined by the magnificent Morella, Morella Crespi. She is the CEO and founder of Creative Milkshake. And I almost... Marilla, I almost went into an Italian accent right now pronouncing your name, but I was like, I think she won't <laughs> like it. I don't think she'll like it. So I'm really excited to be, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, Mirella. Um, yeah, you got, oh, so, so this is the thing. I'm Persian, right? So the difference between Persians and Italians is just the placement of the hand. We both do the hand. Okay. It's just, is it down or is it up? So Persian will do it down. They, they're, about, they're at about a 90 degree angle. Italian's up here at the 45. Okay. That's literally... Yeah. The only difference, that's why everyone <laughs> thinks a lot of Persian people are Italian because it's kind of the same vibe. Um, but excited to have you on um, and pick your brain about, about creative. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we were talking a little bit beforehand um, about some of the things you're seeing with um, with people and, and, and some of the fears that you've seen kind of on a macro level going into this this Black Friday. Before we jump into tactics, from the creative side, what do you think people have been thinking about the most on a macro level about um, about this season coming up? Well, I think um, brands that have been carefully planning, right, like for this this big final push for the year, which is usually their biggest time of the year. Um, but one thing that I think has been on everyone's mind is like because there's that kind of fear and that conversation around recession and what that means for brands and really knowing your numbers and so on. Um, there's been a lot of like, how can we be as effective as possible, right? With, with yeah. our creative strategy and our media buying. Um, and one conversation I've been having a lot with, you know, the media buying teams that we work closely with and the agencies is like looking into the ad accounts and trying to outline the strategy of what um, the creatives will look like for Q4. And it really is just a matter of, especially with how campaigns are structured nowadays, the ultra simplified you know, campaign structure that tends to work the best for, for most teams. It's like whatever's in your scaling campaign, um, how far can you push that? And how can you make like rapid fire tests now create on your testing campaigns 
with creative so that you can quickly add more um, to your scaling accounts when it's time to fully like pedal to the metal. Um, and one thing I noticed is just like realizing that you don't necessarily need a extra boatload of content, um, new content for Black Friday. It's just like, how can you maximize your evergreen content? So what we've been doing a lot um, these past few weeks is just looking at the performance of creatives that have been working really well in the past like 90 days, for example, at scale um, and repurposing them, remixing them and adding in the messaging for Black Friday. Um, so you're not having to like reinvent the wheel, completely test new concepts or, um, you know, put budget towards new production. Yeah. Um, it's just like, how can we make as many iterations as possible yeah. Um, of these proven concepts to like extend their their evergreen life and add in the Black Friday messaging. I find that that I mean the whole thing really interesting. Um, like you said, simplified campaign structure. Um, and we want to see what, how far we can push things specifically. I think that last portion though that you said is really important because of the business that you're in, which is making, helping people make really high performing ad creative is we don't need to be thinking about just making new net new stuff, like new assets that then come mm -hmm. in and turn into new ads. How can we take what we know and remix is not the right word, but retool them to just say, okay, mm -hmm. we know these things have worked for us. Do you think that's something that people should be thinking about kind of writ large, like overall is, you don't want to be almost over indexing on new stuff during this time and say like you've laid the pipeline, say January through October 15th or, or say September 30th from mm -hmm. October 15th through December 1st or December 15th, whatever it is, just optimize like hell based on all the things yeah. you've learned. Yeah. And I think the most successful media buying teams that I've, I feel like we've worked with um, in the past year, they come to us equipped with this knowledge, right? Like they're like, okay, so this year we've tested these ad types, these concepts, this is what we feel like have worked the most for us. And then we're like, perfect. Like, let's take this and like make the most of it rather than, um, you know, trying to come up with net new content at this stage, it's like too far yeah. late in the game. Yeah. Um, and it's exactly like you said, it's like you had all year to validate so much in terms of, in terms of like, what's the key pain points, the target audience, the messaging you're going for. Um, and of course you always have like campaign specific creatives. If you are mm -hmm. launching like a holiday edition or a yeah. gift set, yeah. whatever it is, but that is so easy to kind of layer on top of. Yeah. Um, creatives or content that has already been proven. And yeah, I feel like th that's the, the, the most valuable advice that I can give now. It's just like, look back, um, in this year and the content that has worked for you, how can you double down on that, um, to extend the lifetime of it and repurpose it, even getting like your best ads. Can you make a compilation of that? 
like yeah. a mashup of all the best talking heads, yeah. a yeah. mashup of all your best unboxing videos, and just like make all these fun compilation edits of the year kind of in review kind of thing. Oh man, I love the idea of having greatest hit albums uh, every year for ads. Yeah, that go exactly. yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of fun. I almost think we need to title the episode of this. You've got to have your, you got to know your greatest hits to scale. Your yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's great. I, two things, uh, kind of came off of that. One is more of a statement, which you can either confirm and or extrapolate on. The second one is more of a question. So I think we, we kind of lined up on something that I think people can take into next year, which is if say October, when I talked to Mandy Moshe, she's, um, director of, uh, of retention at honey love and, and, uh, amazing, amazing retention marketer. She talked about the customers that you get in October are the ones that are going to make your black Friday sing in, in November. And so you really want to be building your audience and the kind of expanding your audience at, during that time. So say September, October, really expand that. So then you can actualize that into kind of extended revenue runway in, um, in November and into December. The thing we just talked about though, is you need to essentially from the first nine months of the year have really rigorous testing so that you know what you need to do. So similarly, we're essentially building out our portfolio of creative and creative angles, tests, et cetera, so that then we can actualize all of that into the creative styles, angles, et cetera, that you're talking about so that we don't have to go and lean on new creative production, which we have no idea if it's going to work or not. It's also taking on costs that, you know, mess with our margins. And we're already doing that because we're doing discounts, et cetera. So I guess my TLDR version of that very long uh, paragraph I just gave you is we need to the first nine months for creative teams and performance teams need to really be allocated to making sure that you can have a really great Black Friday because you have done all the testing beforehand and you have done significant reporting to know what's working and what's not. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's a fair statement. And I mean, if if there are brands that, you know, also come to us and they're like, shit, like Black Friday's here, like we need 30 new creatives, you know, because for whatever reason, they weren't as prepared these these past nine months. Um, I would say in that case, then rapid fire test as many different ad types um, with very clear concept and messaging um, as quickly as possible, just to hit your kind of key benchmarks, something that you feel will be able to scale um start moving that into scaling accounts so that you then are in that position of scaling budgets and having as many kind of different concepts for example you have a variety of ugc a variety of yeah. graphics a variety of branded content so that when you're scaling um you're not going to have crazy creative fatigue because that is a very good point these customers that you're getting now yeah. um you want to be showing because it's still so fresh in their mind yeah. um, that they purchased from you very recently that they're very likely going to buy from you in the gifting season again. So you have to have like in your pipeline, new kind of creatives to show them because yeah. they've already seen one quite recently. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a really good one too. And one thing I took out of that, maybe I'm, I'm misquoting. So just totally call me out on this. Um, but one thing I heard in there was if you need to do new tests and maybe 
it's like someone who's either remixing even or someone like you said comes to you and is like oh shit i don't know um is <laughs> simple is better don't overcomplicate. just you know hook sell clothes like don't make you know don't try to overcomplicate it i mean you see some of these ads some days some of these some of these brands they'll be making 45 second ads there's 13 scenes 14 scenes in them and they're they're great but almost a person at this time of year is almost trained to kind of get through that they don't even care about any of that they want to say like okay yeah. what's the offer what's you know what's the value prop from that offer is this good enough looking or useful enough in my mind like I'm either I have high intent, like I've been looking for something like this, or it's interesting enough to click through. Um, is that something you're thinking about as well? Like, how can we make this as succinct, but also as, you know, exceptionally interesting as possible? Yeah, definitely. I would say now, when it comes to creating content, you don't even have that time or can't afford the luxury of making anything more top of funnel focused, like, oh, let's build a brand or let's generate awareness or let's introduce whatever. It's exactly like you said, just like answering the questions of like, what problem does it solve? Who is this for? And do you have an offer for them? Like buy one, get one or whatever the offer is. So exactly like you said, like stick to one, one clear pain point, clear idea of who this is for, because if people now from now until the end of the year, they're buying stuff not only for themselves, but they're already thinking of gifts for everyone that they need to buy gifts for. So not only what problem it solves, but who is this for making this very clear. Um, so in people's minds, it can be like, oh, this is perfect for my mom or this is perfect for my boyfriend or whatever it is. Okay. I have a few like rapid fire ones and then uh, maybe we'll vibe on like they'll take us down a certain path. So um statics or video what's what has been performing what are people interested in right now i have my own pov on this but i'm curious for you it's a solid 50 50 it's very interesting yeah. um depends the like how familiar people are with your brand and how um how much you're spending as well like in some ad accounts really graphics are just absolutely killing it and yeah. um like 70 percent of the budget goes towards just statics and graphics and the 30 percent for prospecting in some some other accounts it's the complete flipped um, yeah. opposite um yeah so i have an interesting hypothesis on this because i have found um over the last six months the uh, desire for statics has gone up significantly and so yeah. strange hypothesis we could probably go and and privately share some data on this together or if people want us you know dm both of us so that we can figure this out and uh, we can do another session on this statics are easier to scale and easier to turn around so l smaller accounts will use statics to kind of get themselves up there. They're also, you know, like I said, easier to spin up, etc. But they fatigue a lot faster because just you get through views a lot, lot quicker. And they don't, they don't always, they do scale caveat, please don't call me out on Twitter that I said statics don't scale. Um, and then like you said, the second portion is bigger accounts that have brand awareness can use a static to kind of get value prop through boom, let's close a deal and like let the landing page do the storytelling, if you will, or because there's brand equity, they just go into a straight into a PDP and close. 
Then there's the middle. If you're not small, but you're not big, and that's where you need video because you're trying to essentially sell the, you're trying, you have the budget to sell, but you need to essentially build a little bit more brand equity into the entire process. So the video allows you to do that and share some more value props so that people are willing to click through because maybe either have a higher price point or I don't know, something, something that might be stopping people a little bit, but you're willing to do that because of kind of the downstream AOV and, you know, LTV, all the, you know, fun acronyms that I can say. That is my hypothesis. Um, I don't know. How does that strike you? Yeah, I, com I completely agree with that. I feel like um, the more familiar people are with the brand and the more equity that the brand has, then of course, sometimes all you need is to see the static of like a new product launch mm. and that does the job. Yeah. Um, and we actually work with a lot of like affiliates as well, people mm -hmm. doing affiliate marketing, which I absolutely love because it's a completely different ball game yeah it's like random products that don't even have a brand yeah um you know so everything is on the creative kind of, of yeah taking that story and explaining exactly how it solves a specific problem mm. and then the landing page also goes extensively deep into it um so it, it's like you see both. Like if you have a brand, sometimes static will just absolutely murder and do yeah. the job. If you don't have a brand at all whatsoever, then, you know, that storytelling, problem-focused, direct response creative will also do the job yeah. and scale just as fast. Yeah. Okay. So second thing, you know, we have this thing, everyone, we all talk about hook rate, right? And it's three seconds. Um do you still believe that three seconds is the proper benchmark to measure a hook? If, if we're talking about TikTok, it's literally one second. Mm. Um, if it's talking about Facebook, then yeah, I guess you could extend it to three. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, I don't have confidence confidence in that metric as really an indication of success for a creative mm. um because i just don't see that strong correlation with actual roas and mm. conversion rates you yeah. can have an insanely high um thumb stopping rates or hold rate cook rates whatever you want to call it um and conversions are crap and your row is just not backing out. And sometimes mm. um, you have something closer to like a 20%, um, but then the CTR is really strong and the conversion yeah. rate is really high. So it's, yeah. So then, first of all, I totally agree with you. Um, TikTok one second. Um, I've been coining them now, it's like micro thumb stop at this point, because it's like one mm -hmm. second is really all you've got um, with people, unless they're already in market, if they're like a true cold, if they're kind of semi warm, then okay, great. Um, but if they're true cold, then yeah, you got one second. Um, off of that, you just said, um, like the metrics that you're, that you're looking at that you think matter. What would be mm -hmm. a true, like, so we're talking about CTR, uh, you know, CVR and then ROAS or, you know, your, your CPA, whatever, whatever is interesting to people on that. What are the kind of metrics that you hold to rather than thumbs operate 
that dictate what is a successful creative that either we want to double down on or kind of expand um, the ways that we use that kind of creative horizontally when you're creating for, for brands? Yeah, so the hold rate, so um, how the people that do watch the three seconds, how many, how many of those watch through play the video? Yeah. Um, average watch time, I feel like to me is always a good indication of mm -hmm. basically the two previous metrics, right? Like, did yeah. you hook them with mm -hmm. the hook and then did they remain engaged? Um, I also like to see click link click to purchase ratio um, because that will usually tell me if there is a strong correlation between the creative and the actual landing page or product page that they're being taken to. Sometimes we might be testing concept and messaging on the creative, and maybe that resonates really well with the audience. But then once they get to the product page, there actually is nothing there about that. Yeah. Um, so sometimes we find creatives that are killing it on the creative metric side, but then we're like, okay, we need to update the landing page um, to have messaging that yeah. resonates with that. And then we see a big lift in, in conversions once you do have that kind of continuous messaging from ad to product page. I think that's a really important one. Um, a lot of times I'll look at data and I'll say, hey, look, the ad is crushing at its job. Mm -hmm. The landing page yeah. hasn't answered for what the ad is saying. So we've got to, you know, bring these two things together so that they are yeah. able to speak a similar language. Um, customers, a friend of mine said, essentially, I have a more technical way, but I think this is the best way uh, I've heard it. He said, you know, every customer, it's like a piggy bank. You're putting a penny in the jar, taking one out. And at any moment you could be taking one out. And so if you, know, you get a message and then you go to the landing page and they're not they don't feel like they're part of the same kind of cohesive story. That penny you took out is is take or put in is taken out, and then it's neutral. And then they go down, and if you haven't kind of sold that value prop that was there, then it's penny out, penny out, penny out to the point where like ah, fuck this, I'm out of here. Um, and so yeah, yeah I to totally agree with you. So um, my last big, or I guess my last two questions: Is there a specific like type of hook or, or type of story that you're seeing work for people? I know it's such a broad question because every brand is different. Um, is there something you think people should be like in terms of the way they tell a story focusing on, for instance, someone will tell you for a landing page, Oh, you should do list a listicle, right? That's going to mm -hmm. be super, super effective. Is there something you've been seeing on the ad front that um, you would kind of like plant your flag and say, this is, this is the thing you should be trying or some version of it this, uh, this season. Yeah, I would say because our core focus is like direct response creatives, um, always, always identifying what is like the pain point and going mm. for a before and after or a mm. problem solution yeah. kind of hook. Um, so showing the problem and how it solves it or showing the transformation. Um, and of course there are, products that don't necessarily solve a specific problem, like, yeah. I don't know, jewelry or fashion. And then in that case, still showing the transformation of yeah. um, a real life application of like styling it or um, one that works well for that kind of product category. is like what I ordered versus how I styled it, what I ordered versus mm. what I received. So okay. it's still, you know, yeah. Okay. Last one. 
It's a, it's a, it's like a more emotional question. So based on the kind of the top, we talked about anxiety and how like the anxiety of this season, what would you tell people who are still like very anxious about this because they have creative or they don't have creative and they want to test? Like what's the simplest way you think for people to just take their first step forward? Um, whether they're a big brand or a small brand, right? I don't think it, it, it's not, uh, it's not mutually exclusive to one or the other. I think everyone has the same kind of anxiety. What's the first step they can take to making sure that creative becomes, you know, a huge driver this season and not something where it feels like a bottleneck or a huge frustration. Yeah. I think truly, truly understanding your customer, like, um, I think that's one thing that surprises me often. Sometimes working with medium to really large size brands is they'll come with, to you with this like huge brand book and like all these insane things, but there's nothing really about, you know, who, who was your customer? Like, what do they care about? Where do you fit in their lives? What problem do you solve? And I think now more than ever is really about a time of like, truly speaking to your core like audience because if you can nail that everything else is a walk in the park super yeah. easy um so they haven't already take some time to figure out um who their customer really is and create messaging again creatives can be super simple sometimes just just the static will do the, the job but if yeah. you have that very clear usb um that speaks to your core audience then should be good yeah for anyone who doesn't know usb it's unique selling proposition um i didn't know it for a long time so now i feel very smart that i know it um morella this was uh this was kick-ass i could do this for I don't know, two hours with you so uh, i'm gonna cut it off because it's a little <laughs> later later in amsterdam for you um really appreciate your time if anyone wants to reach out to you um should they do it on on twitter or should they do it through the creative milkshake website what's the best way um, both work. I think you can find me on Twitter first and last name. Um, DMs are open or yeah. chat with us on our website. While you're typing in her name on Twitter, remember Italian pronunciation while you're doing it. Okay. Use yeah. Use the hand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, this was, this was a blast. I think everyone's going to get a lot of value. I learned, I learned a, a lot in just this quick, this quick one. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing it. Thanks for having me.